0: Everybody, welcome to Wednesday night service, amen. Who's glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight? It's better than being outside because it's well, I mean, for Barstow standards, this is about as cold as we're gonna get people. This is the uh, this is the real deal, amen. But hey, I love it. I will always take this over summer, any day of the week. You heard it here. You heard it here first. All right. Very good. So we're going to have a great time together tonight in the house of the Lord. Um, amen. And so, okay, so um, well, if you're in the coffee bar, we're going to ask you to sit in the main sanctuary unless you need some special assistance or uh, you're receiving some healing there. But we'll open up some rows over here if we need to. All right. Let's go ahead and stand up together this evening. We're we're going to open things up tonight by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America, and we're going to keep believing that our nation is coming to Jesus. Can we get an amen tonight? Amen. Let's speak these words of faith together. Father, we come to you in Jesus name and in unity we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation And call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise tonight. Yeah. Amen. And then you may be seated. All right. We'll get into our announcements here. Amen. Who knows what this Sunday is? It's church day. What are you talking about? Oh, I knew someone was going to do it. And it had to be a 49ers fan. I saw it coming, but amen. who of you 49ers fans will still make time for God Sunday morning? All right, there we go. Good answer. Good answer. Great is your reward in heaven, brother. All right, let's go. Uh, anyway, <laughs> it is the Super Bowl this Sunday, but God's doing a great big thing right here Sunday too. So we're going to make sure that we got that going on. All right, let's get into our announcement. Uh, we want to remind you that we have we now have a weekly men's Bible study taking place Saturdays at 6:30 at. Raymond's house, alright? Raymond, wave your hand, okay? Just look for his house, okay? Just find him. He's somewhere in Barstow. Find him if you want to know where it's at, okay? Very good. And we had a, we got a lot of lift groups starting up uh, at the beginning of this year. It's been great. Uh, and so we also have a beginner's Bible class uh, that started this past Sunday um, at 9 a.m. in the admin building. That's the building right across the parking lot over there. And so if you want to hop in this week, it's a four-week class, and it's only about 20 or 30 minutes long. But Miss Rosalinda is uh, just going over some of the Bible basics, because we know so many people are coming in and saying, I really want to read the Bible, but I don't know where to start. I'm kind of having trouble understanding it. And so we want to get you uh, going on the word of God here, because that is the key to your victory. Who knows that tonight? Amen. Okay. And then here's another one. Oh, here it is, Billy. All right. We got a new lift group starting tomorrow night. It's called Beauty and the Bible. Not Beauty and the Beast, Beauty and the Bible, and it is going to be um, from six thirty to eight. Okay, and it is at Billy's new restaurant location. That's not open there yet, huh? The unfinished one, okay? And again, if you don't know where that's at, just see Raymond. No, no, talk to Billy, she'll tell you. Billy will tell you, amen. And uh, But we're excited for this. They're gonna be doing a weekly thing. And that also brings us to the next thing. Ladies, this must be your week because the women's meeting, the monthly women's meeting is this Friday night at 6.30 in Victory Hall. And Mrs. Pastor, oh, come on up. She's gonna explain this. She's She's got some information that um that uh, yeah i wasn't going to say it right so go ahead
1: hallelujah so a signature dish means what you're known for so whether it's a main dish or dessert or whatever it's what people say oh make your whatever you know so that's what that means by your signature dish also um we're going to be studying deborah and Lael, and you'll say well who's Lael? Well, she's mentioned like maybe two sentences in the whole Bible, so we're going to find out who who is this gal, you know? So it's going to be really good. So, Deborah's only—I mean, the, the account of Deborah is only about a chapter long. So, anyway, it's not going to take four weeks to go through Deborah like I did Ruth. Okay. Also, I'm going to teach you tomorrow night how to remember pe- Friday. Yeah, Friday night. I keep thinking it's tomorrow night. I'm excited about. Okay, sorry about that. I'm going to teach you how to remember people's names tomorrow. I mean, Friday night. Yes, because we have so many new people and we really need to know who they are. So I'm going to teach you the little key, the secret to remembering people's names so that they feel important. So I'm excited about it. Going to be good, but you can't come because you're a feller and you know it.
0: Wow. Okay. Geez. That is not inclusive, but that's okay. All right, so let's move forward here before I say anything else mildly offensive. Okay, uh, oh, oh, this Saturday is the Children's Ministry Training Day, all right? So um, that's going to be from 9 to 4. They are serving breakfast and lunch, and they're including a lot of uh, material and updates and things like that, and I believe they have some special training. Is that? Uh, do you know about that, Mike? Okay, yeah, from one of the principals here in town is going to be helping us with some special training uh, also. So it's going to be a very good and productive day. All right. And then we have baptisms coming up, everybody. Who's excited for baptisms? Yeah. All right. We've got about 18 or 19 people on the list already, which is great news, but it's going to be, uh, Sunday, February 25th, uh, okay, um, at the morning service. And if we need to do night baptisms too, we will, but if you haven't been baptized, sign up. And again, it's the final Sunday of February. We'll be doing that. And then we also want to remind you that Easter is coming up. It is early this year. It's in the month of March. It'll be the last Sunday of March and we have some big plans. Um, right here is a sign-up sheet, uh, um, uh, an interest sheet uh, for the play. We're going to actually be doing a full play this year on Good Friday, and Summer Crank is going to be running that. I don't know. I don't, she was here. I don't know. She's somewhere around here. But anyway, um, she'll contact you if you are interested in participating with the Good Friday play. And we need lots of eggs and candy. We're aiming for 4,000 this year. Who thinks we can do this? Come on. Yeah. All right. We got this. So we should have some bins back there, uh, hopefully really soon, because we need to start bringing in the eggs and the candy, and we want to make it an absolutely great year. Get them in here. They're going to hear the gospel of Jesus that saved you and changed your life. Amen. And it's going to do the same thing in their life. Hallelujah. All right. Well, I think that's all the announcements we have for tonight. And so who knows what time it is now? Yeah. Amen. God loves a cheerful giver. And so we get excited when we've got a chance to give. Uh, if you need an envelope, raise your hand and the ushers are going to get one to you. And we're going to open our Bibles to Matthew 25 this evening. Matthew chapter 25. Amen. I'll be in the NLT here. Matthew 25. And we're going to look here at uh, verse 29. We're going to just go down to verse 29 here. And if you're giving online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving. And so this is the, the parable of the three servants. And so if you're familiar with this story, uh, the, the master gave three different guys, uh, different talents, different, uh, different amounts. But I'm going to go down to the very last verse of this here, Matthew 25 and verse 29. Matthew 25. And verse 29. And Jesus said something that we should know and should, should take into consideration with our money. Because I mean, people are always saying, Lord, I need more money. Could you just kind of like make it rain down or something like that? That'd be super cool. But we need to see something here. There's principles that we need to abide by, even with our money, if God's going to be able to do all that he wants to do in our, in our life. And so Matthew 25 and verse 29, it says to those who use well what they are given even more will be given and they will have an abundance but from those who do nothing even what little they have will be taken away and so sometimes we're saying lord hey come on give me more give me more and he's saying hey i need you to use well what you've already been given what have you done with that and I would certainly say that one way we use our money well would be to obey God with our tithes and our offerings. There's a lot of other things, but that's one step uh, that's involved with uh, being responsible biblically with our finances. And just know this, that as we are faithful and obedient and diligent with that, the Lord can trust us with even more. Who would like God to be able to trust you with even more? Amen. All right. So we're going to do things his way. Let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. We're going to speak some words of faith over our tithes and our offerings, and then we're going to get into some praise and worship tonight, and then we'll begin into the word of God together. Amen. Let's go ahead and say this together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off royalties received blessings and increase thank you lord for meeting all of my financial needs so i have more than enough to take good care of my family to give generously to the kingdom of god and promote the gospel of the lord jesus christ amen all right let's go
2: okay I'll sing this out. Sing. You are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Sing that again. You are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my I you. darkness. My God, that That is who you are. One last time, sing that out. You are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness.
0: My God, that is who you are. Hallelujah. Let's raise our hands to him tonight. Thank you, Jesus. You are the way maker, the miracle worker, Lord. We know that every single time we can trust you, every single time you deliver on your word. And Lord, I thank you that as we're just praising you tonight, as we're worshiping you, Lord, that you're already stirring our hearts up to receive the word of God. And Lord, I pray tonight that as we get into your word, that our hearts are ready to receive they are good soil in the name of jesus and that the seed of the word that is sown tonight lord it will produce a harvest of a hundredfold in our lives we love you and we thank you jesus for your goodness and mercy in jesus mighty name amen let's give him some praise tonight hallelujah amen you may be seated and the kids uh, the, can be dismissed to their classes there. I think we got second grade on up. They can go. Their teachers are, uh, will be back there by the lobby. So we'll uh, let them head on out to their classes tonight. Amen. All right. Well, who's excited for the word of God this evening, man? Yeah, absolutely. Isn't it awesome to be able to come in in the middle of the week and get, you know, a, a midweek fill up uh, before you head back out there and finish this thing out? I absolutely love that. I've always loved Wednesday night services. Amen. All right. Well, tonight, um, the the title of the message is this. It's called Stable People Rock. I love st- stable people. They rock. I if I if there's any one trait that I admire in somebody, it is somebody that is stable and consistent. I love somebody that can be counted on. I love somebody that 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 can be just consistent and even doing the very basic. Things. And I'm gonna tell you now, that's how you're gonna pull forward in life, and that's how you're gonna become good. It's just by doing the basics. I mean, I know going back to my basketball days, for instance, I mean everybody thinks it's impressive if somebody can, you know, dunk the ball or whatever, and that, that's that's great. But I found out that there's maybe some guys that can dunk, but they can't rebound, they can't shoot free throws, they can't do a simple layup, they can't play defense, and while it's really impressive to be good at one spectacular thing. If you're wanting a winning team, you'd rather have some guys that are just super good at the basics and the fundamentals. And I know sometimes in our Christian life, it's easy to look at somebody that seems like, man, that, that person can sing. That person can really do this. And, and that's great. And praise God for that. That's, that's wonderful. But Really, what you want to get really good at is being consistent and stable at just the basic things, reading your Bible every day, praying every day praising God every day showing up to church every week and these things someone think well that doesn't sound that spectacular I was hoping you had something really deep and complicated tonight well nothing is we're not going to talk about complicated we want you to get something that can change your life and so if you want to be a strong Christian by the way who wants to be a strong Christian We should probably find that out now. Okay. Then we're going to continue with this message. All right. So if you want to be a strong Christian, if you want strong faith, if you want your prayers answered, if you want God to use you, I'm going to tell you now, you need to get consistent. You need to be stable. And you know. people have asked me, well, what was it like growing up as a pastor's kid? What was it like growing up, you know? And 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 listen, you know, being a preacher's kid is just a wonderful ball of wax that most people cannot relate to, all right? So, you know, I I I, I understand that because I lived that life. But I can tell you this much, that out of anything that sticks out in my childhood, I mean, my dad was successful, had a TV show and everything. He was very successful, but what sticks out to me growing up in that home is, and I can say this, I wouldn't, I don't swear, I wouldn't swear on a Bible even, but I'll tell you this much. I can promise you that I'm not exaggerating every day of my childhood, 365 days a year, 52 weeks out of the year, every day without fail, I saw my dad reading the Bible every day. There's, I mean, I, I could honestly say there's probably not a day of my life, you know, when I lived at home that I did not see my dad reading the Bible. And people are like, Man, how's that guy got faith? How's that blah blah? Well, it's not that complicated. He just did the exact same thing every single day. And someone would be like, Well, that's kind of boring, man. I don't want I don't know about that. Well, this is gonna bring me to point number one of the sermon. Tonight. So if you're taking notes, let's just we need to dive into this thing right here. Cause you know, some people this is not the most exciting thing that you want to hear, but this is what you need to hear tonight, okay? Because you need to be a stable person. Okay, there's enough unstable, inconsistent, up and down, in and out, double-minded people in this world. That should not be the word that we use to describe you. If someone's like, hey, could you describe, you know, her life in one word? If they're like, I don't know, inconsistent. I mean, that would be like the height of an insult to me. That's awful. But if somebody could describe it, you know, I'd love to be, well, love, faith obedient those are all great things but if somebody could say well consistent stable i will take that i will take i can live with that that's what i want to live with all right and so tonight we're going to look at two traits two traits that stable people possess all right number one they always do the same thing but they don't get bored They have this ability to continually do the same thing consistently, daily, without getting bored. And even, I guess, even if they are bored, they just keep doing it anyway. And, you know, I can appreciate someone that likes to try new things and have new adventures. You know, I'm a sort of adventurous person. Okay, you saw, I'm not really, but, uh, but, you know, I, I, you know, I, I get that. I appreciate, it. there's, a, we all. it's good to try new things. I love it. Try new foods, try new things. I like to go to new places. You know, I like, love to go to new cities throughout the United States. And that's wonderful. But there is something to be said for someone who can remain faithful to certain disciplines in life and not change them. And I'm going to tell you that when you are stable at doing the same thing over and over again, you won't choke in the heat of battle. It's true, and you know, one of my favorite stories um, is of Larry Bird. I guess I'm in a basketball mood lately. I don't know why. I don't even watch basketball anymore. But, um, but Larry Bird, uh, and you know, he's from the tiny town of French Lick, Indiana. Uh, you know, and uh, he, but when he was in high school, he walked to the gym every morning. He was able to get a key from the janitor, and he walked to the school every morning, and shot 500 free throws. 500. And if you know about basketball, if you're shooting it just right, it's going to go in and it's going to bounce right back to you if you got the right spin on it. And so if you're just drilling free throws nonstop and hitting them just right, you don't even have to chase the ball down. It's coming right back to you. And so he'd shoot 500 free throws while everybody else was in bed every morning. And I think it was his sophomore year. He got injured during the season and he wasn't even really a superstar yet, but, but he, I think he, he broke his ankle or fractured it or something. So he was out all year. But they made it into the the state playoffs into the sectionals and the coach put him in at the end of the game he grabs a rebound and gets fouled and yeah no one has seen him shoot in you know none of the fans have seen him shoot in months and they're like oh no anybody but larry oh he hasn't played in oh no and so he goes right to the free throw line boom boom Nails it, boom, boom! Nails the next one. Game over. They win, and everyone's like, "It's a miracle!" The man that hasn't shot for months won the game. What? A, it's never been heard of before. What they didn't know is, even though he had a messed up ankle, he still went to the gym every morning on crutches and shot 500 free throws. And so, in the heat of the battle, when it counted the absolute most, everybody was like, "It's a miracle!" It wasn't a miracle. He just did exactly what he did every single day. It's not that complicated. And then sometimes in your Christian life, someone may see like a bad situation arises. Maybe you have an absolute, I mean, nuclear bomb from the enemy hit your life and everyone's like, what's he gonna do? Oh my gosh. And you're just like, in the name of Jesus, I claim victory in this situation. I I cast my care on the Lord right now. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, what is this? It's what I do every single day. Like, it shouldn't surprise you. I'm not coming up with something new. And I heard Pastor Willie George say something that is worth noting, okay? Because so often in life, we're like, well, I just think that if if a bad thing ever happens in my life, I just hope that I'll rise to the occasion. And really, that's a very misleading statement, because 95% of the time, you don't rise to the occasion, you fall to the level of your preparation, you 're just hoping that somehow some way miraculously you'll rise to the no what usually happens is you just fall to the level of your preparation if you never prepared for this, if you never were consistent at whatever it is you do, I know you know for instance, Nick with the police what do they do nonstop in his training day after day, going through the same drills, the same scenarios nonstop and and to the naive person they're like. We get it. Oh, my gosh. Well, why do you do that? Because when it matters most, you don't want to have to sit there and think about it or Google it. What do you do when some? No. You want it to be fired off. Amen? You want to just go to what you've been doing every single day. And so I'm giving you a major key to your success and growth as a Christian tonight. You've got to get good and be okay with doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. This is how we start to get some victory, all right? I want you to look at the story of Daniel tonight. We're going to spend some time in the book of Daniel. So flip to Daniel chapter 6. And I'll kind of give you the backstory here while we catch up. Um, so who in here has heard of Daniel? Okay, that's good. That's a good thing. All right. So Daniel, uh, he is a man that is 100 percent committed to God. 100% committed to God. Now, he was of the land of Judah, and they had been overtaken by the Babylonians. And so uh, we know that sometimes, even if you're a wonderful man of God, unpleasant things arise. And so here we have Daniel and all the people of Judah. Uh, but they're no fault of their own, the good people. They are in a spot here where they've been overtaken and they've been taken to a new land. They've been captured. And so uh, Daniel does the exact same thing every day. Three times a day, he goes to his upstairs room, he opens the window, he faces towards Jerusalem, and he prays. Why is this? Well, more than anything, if you were captured and taken to some other country, wouldn't you more than anything want to return home? I mean, I would. And so every day he's facing and praying for uh, deliverance and, and praying, you know, facing towards Jerusalem. Well, you got to know this, that uh, Daniel has risen to the top. He's been put in uh, working at the palace and he's better than everybody else at everything. No matter what he does, he's always the best. Why? Just because... He's got God's favor on his life. And so naturally, when you're the best, other people get jealous. How many of you can re- relate to that? Okay, I mean, Cletus, there we go, Cletus Brown. That guy can relate. Somebody, all right, hear it for this. Okay, he re- he raised both hands. It's It's hard being that good looking, being that strong, that smart. And so he knows it's a real struggle. It's a real struggle. But, you know, people get jealous when you're the best. And so... Th- They can't find anything to frame him on. They can't, so, so what do they do? They get the king, King Darius, to make a rule that nobody can pray to any god except to the king. And if they do, the punishment is they get thrown into a pit of lions. And then of course your chances of survival are very, very slim when you're thrown into a pit of hungry lions. And so let's see what Daniel does. When he hears about the new law, okay, here he, they've told him the, 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 the rules, the new law, Daniel chapter 6 and verse 10, but when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he freaked out, he cried, he, no, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with the window open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving Thanks to God. He didn't have to reinvent the wheel here. He didn't have to come up with some master game plan. He just did what he always did. And somebody would be like, boring. This guy, what's up with this guy? I mean, he can't, this is all he could do. And, and this is all he needed to do. And of course he's caught breaking the law. And let's see what happens. A lot of you know the story, but he is ordered to be thrown in to the lion's den overnight. So let's see what happens here. And and the king is really sad because the king actually likes Daniel. But he's got to keep his word. He signed the law. He's not going back on it. So let's skip down here to, to verse 16. Verse 16. And so, So at last the king gave orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the den of lions. The king said to him, May your God, whom you serve so faithfully. You know what? Your enemies. The people that don't even like you should be able to say she serves God so faithfully. That's what they had to say about Daniel. That's what the king, he said, may your God whom you serve faithfully. Wouldn't it be awful if like, you know what, that God you serve part-time, I hope he saves you. That God that you occasionally, you know, toss a few crumbs to and when you're in the mood, when you're actually in a good mood that day, when you show up, you know, may he may he somehow, someway do something for you. They couldn't say that about Daniel. All they could say is, this guy serves God so faithfully. Oh my goodness. Verse 17, a stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. The king sealed the den with his own royal seal and the seals of his nobles so that nobody could rescue Daniel. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night fasting. He really didn't want Daniel to die. He refused his usual entertainment and couldn't sleep at all that night. Very early the next morning, the king got up and hurried out to the lion's den. When he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God. Well, he changed his (laughs) to servant of the living God was your God whom you serve so faithfully. There it is again, able to rescue you from the lions. And can you imagine just that brief second of suspense? Are we going to hear anything at all? Daniel answered, "'Long live the king!' I picture this like a movie. It's like, "'Long live the king!' "'My God sent his angel "'to shut the lion's mouths, "'so they would not hurt me, "'for I have been found innocent in his sight. "'And I have not wronged you, your majesty,' The king was overjoyed and ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him, for he had trusted in his God. Amen. That's good news. And kind of some poetic justice is the guys that accused him. They got thrown in and they were mauled by the time they hit the ground. But we're going to reserve that for another day. So Daniel, how did all of this happen? Uh, Do you think Daniel was surprised that the lions didn't kill him? there doesn't sound like there's any surprise, any astonishment. Why? He fully trusted God from the beginning that he wasn't going to die. He, he, he trusted that God was going to be able to rescue him. And so the King and everybody else was like, Oh my gosh, it's a miracle. Daniel was like, I'm shooting free throws. I do this every day, guys. Come on, man. I'm not surprised at all. This is what I do. This is second nature to me. And that's how we should be living as Christians. Stable. Consistent. Yeah, well, you know, I, I never, I, no, stop all that. It doesn't matter how loud you are, how fancy you are. It, who cares? Listen. Stable and consistent. That's how you have long-term success. I've been in the church world a very long time, as I said earlier, and I've just made observations over all these years. And I've seen many times the people that come in and make the most, you know, fireworks and the loudest, ah, and all the noise, "Ah," you know, sometimes they fizzle out very quickly after, a, you know, a year or two. You're like, whatever happened to that guy? And, you know, you just... I don't know. He fizzled out. He, he uh, and according to what Jesus said, really with the parable of the farmer sowing the seed, it means you had shallow roots. Is really what I mean. You were shallow. And sometimes you know, it may look spectacular out here, but if your roots are shallow, you don't last. And then sometimes there's people that just you know they don't make a lot of noise. They just aren't you know spectacular or or you know whatever word adjective you want to use to describe people, but. They're still serving God. 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years later, they're still just serving God. They never walked away. They, they kept it together. And I love people like that. You know, one thing that I admire is people that stay married for a super long time. And, and, and I just think it's, I just think it's a really cool story. You know, when people, uh, get, are able to get married young and stay married a long time. Well, there's this couple, um, I think I put their picture on the screen. This is Zelmyra and Herbert Fisher. They broke the Guinness World Record for the longest marriage. They were married on May 13th, 1924, and in 2008, they earned the record. Uh, they, they In 2008, they had been married 84 years. This is incredible, and uh, Herbert passed away at the age of one hundred and five in two thousand and eleven and by that time they 'd been married for eighty seven years eighty seven years most people they both they both made it to the age of one hundred and five and so i I love their story i 've read about them and I admire them, but you know people when people were starting to say how long these guys had been married um, they Magazines were interviewing them and authors and everybody wanted their story. Like, what's the secret? You guys must have some. Wow. What is the magic potion that you have found to stay married this long? And their answer was this. Um, They said, we are both Christians and believe in God. Marriage is a commitment to the Lord. We pray with and for each other every day. End of secret. That's the end, of, that's, that's all they had. They, they served God and they prayed with and for each other every day. And you know, the magazine people are like, okay, what, what else you got? are like, no, it's as simple as that. They, you know, by some people's standards, very boring people. But what happened? They did the exact same thing day after day after day after day. Just all they did was the exact same thing. And some people are like, well, that's boring. Well, I think 87 years of marriage is quite commendable. And so that's what I'm talking about right there. Long-term success usually just means that you got really, really good at doing the basic things over and over again when nobody else wanted to do it. Could you say this with me tonight? Stable people rock. (laughs) Absolutely, man. Stable people are the absolute best. I love somebody I can count on. All right, and then let's go to number two here. Number two, traits of stable people. Number two, they don't quit when it gets tough. They have this in common. Any of the stable, consistent people that I've, you know, uh, studied or just observed in my life, because I I mean, even, even here right, tonight, I, some of you guys I admire very much are very stable, consistent people. And one of the traits that they all seem to have in common is they just don't quit even when it gets tough. And somebody could say, well, it's easy for them to make it that long. It's easy for them. They never had to deal with it. No, they had to deal with a lot of really bad stuff. They just didn't quit. And I think that's a very good character trait. And you know, I think we all know so many people that want to quit and blow up their entire life whenever things get hard. Well, here's what I'll do. I'll just tell you what I'll right now. I'll quit. I'm blah, blah, blah. Like, here we go again. And so usually when I preach on this, I like to take a minute uh, to make fun of those who think that moving is going to fix all of their problems. So this is that moment that I'm going to do that in this sermon. You'll, if you go to church here very long, you'll hear me do this again. Uh, because what I found is everywhere I've lived, I've lived in three different states. I've visited several different countries. I've, I mean, I've been all over the United States. And what I have found is this. Is everywhere that I go. Some people are like, yeah, man, this is the best place. I love where I live. And then in that exact same town, uh, there you got the other half of people. This place is awful. Tell you what my problem is. My problem's New York. My problem's Texas. My problem's Barstow. That's why I can't get ahead. I know hundreds of people that have glorious lives in Barstow. And so the issue with moving to get away from your problems is always this. No matter where you move to, you're going to be there. You're taking you with you. And if you have a foul attitude in Barstow, you're going to have a foul attitude in Dallas. You're going to have a foul attitude in Miami. You're going to have a bad attitude in New York. You're going to have a bad attitude. And if you've got a good attitude in Barstow, you're going to take that same old good attitude with you if you should ever have to move. And so really... Uh, stable people just have this way of learning to thrive and bloom where they are planted. Thank you for your holy silence. That's for somebody tonight. I believe that's going to do you a lot of good. You don't want to write that one down. Amen. Um, Oh, here's here's something I want to share. I like this. This is a poem I heard when I was a kid. Like, now we're doing poetry in church? Just hear me out, okay? I like this one. This is a good poem. And it was from a newspaper article in 1921, if you remember reading the newspaper back then. And it goes like this. When things go wrong, as they sometimes will, when the road you're trudging seems all uphill, when the funds are low and the debts are high, and you want to smile, but you have to sigh, when care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but don't you quit. And I love that, man. You know, because the truth is we've all been in that spot where it's like, man, this seems like I've got nothing but uphill going on here. And listen, sometimes, yeah, take a breather, rest a little bit, but for the love of God, don't quit. Do not quit. You'll never know what was over that hill. You'll never know what was around that next corner if you quit. So let's continue reading through the book of Daniel here a little bit tonight. We're gonna look at some of Daniel's friends who were very consistent people as well. And they refused to quit, uh, in the midst of a very bad situation. And we're gonna go, we're gonna flip backwards to Daniel chapter 3. And so, these three guys we're gonna look at were just like their buddy Daniel. They were consistent. And, you know, by just simply looking at them, you may think like, well, these guys don't look like superstars. These guys don't look like, you know, Instagram material. These guys don't look, it doesn't matter because they got really good at doing the basics. Who wants to be really good at doing the basics? And so what we have here is the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And so, again, they're, they're people of Judah. And they've been taken by the Babylonians. And the king at this time, this is before we were, where we were at in Daniel 6, but the king in, in Daniel chapter 3 was a guy named Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, one of the problems with Nebuchadnezzar is he had massive ego issues. Uh, he was really stuck on himself. And so he builds a giant golden statue. It tells us it was 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide. And so that is a very tall statue. And, of course, he makes this rule that every time the music plays, you got to drop what you're doing and bow down to my statue. And isn't it terrible that everybody just did it? There were other uh, believers in God. There were other Jewish people here. And everybody, they just gave in and went along with the crowd. And sometimes the crowd is wrong Sometimes you got to, like, make a stand even if you're the only one doing it. Do you know that? And, and so, you know, I'm just full of quotes tonight, but another one I heard is, wrong is wrong even if everybody else is doing it. And right is right even if you're the only one doing it. Wrong is wrong, right is right. And so they could have said, well, man, everybody's bowing down to it. We have to. We don't want to be the only ones. But no, no, that wasn't good enough for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're like, no, kill us. We will not bow down to that stupid thing. And we'll we'll pick up their story here in uh, Daniel 3, going to verse 14. Daniel chapter 3 and verse 14 and so uh, they've made their stand. They're like, we're not, we're not going to do this. So here we are, verse 14. Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I've set up? I will give you one more chance. He's like, I'm feeling generous today. I don't normally do this, but I'm going to give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? Do you hear the ego on this guy? He's like, I know you trust your God. He can't save you from my power. Like, oh my gosh, sounds like some politicians we have in America these days. Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up that took some guts right there man they're like our god will save us but even if he didn't we will never bow down to your dumb statue so light the fire we don't care I mean that's some guts right there and you're not going to have guts to stand up because people read that and they're like amen that's what I would do really You quit when somebody looks at you wrong or doesn't treat you like the Queen of England. Don't think you're going to stand up to the, "Ah!" you know, to Nebuchadnezzar. Well, no, no, let's stop. Quit. Quit. You're not fooling anybody. And I, (laughs) I even heard, I, I use this phrase, but I'm just going to use it again. But don't say you'd go to jail for your faith when you won't even go to church for your faith. I mean, you're not fooling anybody. Stop. That's nonsense. All right people that quit at the first sign of trouble they don't make it into stories like this we don't read about quitters we read about winners and this all sounds so harsh i know it sounds it sounds very hard but let's just get real here i don't i, I don't When I was a kid, I used to love to read, man. Josh and I, Pastor Josh and I, we'd go to the library. Mom would drop us off. We'd get books. I'd read books about sports heroes. And I was always just wanting to read about winners. And I'd read their autobiographies all the time. But and And looking back on that, I don't recall one time that I ever went to the library like, I want to find a book about the biggest quitter and loser that I can think of. Who could I study today that was a real quitter? nobody wants to study that why nobody wants that and again i hope you hear my heart out of all this you're not called to be a quitter you have a call of god on your life to stand up to the devil fight the good fight of faith and even when they're lighting the fire for the furnace you say light it i don't care i refuse to bow down to that day that thing i would rather die than bow down to your gods. I would rather die uh, than than to give in to the the nonsense that you're asking us to do. You've got to have some backbone if you're going to be a stable and consistent person. And, you know, I, I... I, I don't mean to keep bringing it up, but, you know, I'm just so happy and proud of our church family that during COVID, even when they said, you cannot have church, we command you. You cannot sing. You cannot chant. I was like, well, we never chanted before, but we're going to start now. So let's start writing some confessions, dude. We've got a faith confession, an offering confession. I mean, a confession for a confession. We, you know, like it's fun. I love it. But, you know, for a minute, we're, okay, we'll, 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 uh, uh, what was that word we used? What was that? Um, now, quarantine. Yeah, there its Well, is. <laughs> we'll, we'll quarantine for a little, and I'm pleased here, I'm not making fun of people, but after a while, we're catching on like, wait a minute. This is like, it's going to go on for years. And so some of you that were here that long ago, no, we're like, you know what? The doors are opening the last Sunday of May. Here's where we're going to be at. I contacted the county. I, I told on us. I called the county commissioner. I did everything. I'm like, we're going to be here having church. If you want to come get us, here we are, okay? And so uh, she's a great lady. If you know her, she is a wonderful county commissioner. And uh, anyway, I, I won't disclose our conversation, but she's like, just expect that you'll get some letters in the mail. And I'm like, okay, you know, cool. You know, there's a toilet paper shortage. We could probably use some paper anyway. So <laughs> uh, it, it's a joke. So they, uh, yeah, we opened up church. And then we're debating like, well, maybe we shouldn't live stream it. We probably shouldn't broadcast to the world that we're breaking the law. And then Josh and I thought about it and we're like... No, because uh, if we pre-record it, then we're gonna have to edit it. That's gonna take a lot more work. Let's just live stream. Like <laughs> here we are. If you want us, come and get us. And and so, sure enough, yeah, man, people report us and got letters in the mail. This is your first violation. A subsequent one could result in a ten thousand dollar a day fine. Save the letters; they're filed away if anybody ever wants to see them. But listen, I don't care when stuff like that. Why is it because I'm some rebel, ruleless lawbreaker? If you know me, <laughs> hold the applause because I'm not. <laughs> I mean, I just basically follow the rule and everything in life. But where I will break the law is when the Bible says do this, and then you say you can't do that. I'll obey God's law over this law any day of the week. Alright? Now, if it's a law, even if I don't like it, but it's not violating the Bible. I will still obey that law, uh, you know, because, uh, you know, you should. But if it's coming against the Bible, then the answer is no. Like the fire, throw away the key, kill me, but I am not going to disobey God's word. The Bible clearly tells me. Old Testament all the way to New Testament to go to church. Literally, in person, literally says, "Don't forsake the assembling of the saints." Jesus said, "Where two or more are gathered in my name, you know." And I love our online people. We got a great online group that follows us, and it's great for when people can't be here. But it, Jesus didn't say, "Where two or more in you know and, and stream together in my name." Yeah, that's, I'm glad that we got people that watch online for sure. But I'm just telling you right now, the Bible's so clear on this. And that was probably the best decision we've ever made. Because from that moment forward is when the church exploded in growth. And why? Because people... Marriages were still falling apart, even though there was a pandemic. I'm not even making light of the disease. I'm not. Uh, I had soldiers from Fort Irwin calling in, Pastor Dave, I'm suicidal. i got to get around you guys. i got to be there. That was the one thing I had each week that I could look forward to, to get off of that base and be around other people. You guys, for two hours, that's all I had every week, and now they took it away. And I'm like, my God, I no, we're not taking that away from these guys. We will break the law on this. And we will obey God's law. And from that moment forward, God's done insane, exceedingly abundantly things in this church. And honest to God, I'm just going to say, like, people have asked, well, what's the secret? What did you guys do? I'm like, we just obeyed the Bible. <laughs> I was, I'm not, there's no secret. Literally did nothing different than we've ever done before. We just read the bible every day show up to church every week pray every day there is no secret magic formula that any christian has it's simply doing the very basic things day after day after day nobody else wants to get up and go shoot free throws that's fine but guess what when we're in the heat of the battle, when we're in the fourth quarter, when the devil is breathing down your neck, when Goliath is saying, I'm going to kill you, you don't choke. All you do is go to your instincts. You go to what you've been practicing this whole time. And everybody else thinks it's a miracle, but it's really not. You're just doing what you always do. Okay, I've talked too much, and now I've got to go to our final verses here. All right, because the story ends too good to just just forget it. So go to verse 19. Verse 19. So uh, people with big egos don't like it when you don't do what they told you to do. So here's Nebuchadnezzar gets really mad. Verse 19, Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king, in his anger, had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. That's a hot fire. These guys didn't even get into the fire. They just got close enough that the flames, the heat killed them. This is insane. Verse 23... So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did. They replied, look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound, walking around in the fire unharmed, and the fourth looks like a god. Woohoo! Guess what? This was Jesus in the fire. And you're like, wait, but this was before Jesus. We have several instances in the Old Testament of what we would call the pre-incarnate Jesus. He has always existed, okay? And so Jesus shows up in the fire with these guys. And so just know that even if they throw you into the fire, you're not alone. Jesus is with you. Amen. Verse 26, the Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. I mean, I am. I just picture that they kind of stepped out of that fire with a little swag. You know what I mean? I don't think they just. I just think there's a little lean in their step. Don't you think, Sheldon, they just—they—they didn't, they didn't, they didn't come crawling out on their hands and knees. They kind of came out with a little attitude. <laughs> they had to have. Like, ha, I told you. Verse 27, Then the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their heads was singed, and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell of smoke. Hallelujah. Let's just, I mean, that's, that's a good story right there. And as we read that story, that is, you know, God has a way of bringing you through the fire in such a way that nobody can even tell that you went through the fire. Amen. That not a hair on their heads was singed. Their clothing wasn't messed up. They didn't even smell like smoke. That's God. You know, I I love to go camping. I can't roast a marshmallow without smelling like a chimney, you know, and I love the smell. But at the same time, these guys were right in the middle of a fire that killed men that just got close to it. And God brought them through. Man, I love that's a great story. Wow. I want God to do the miraculous in my life. Okay, here's a couple of keys. Don't get bored of doing the exact same thing day after day. And number two. Don't quit. Just don't quit. And again, that's I get it. It can be really hard sometimes to not quit. But this is a major key to our success. For the sake of time, I'm just going to throw this last verse on the screen. Write it down, Isaiah 43, 2. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty... You will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. This is a powerful verse that you can stand on. But any of these verses that we're talking about or that we ever talk about, the major key to these is just being consistent. Cause someone's like, yeah, I tried speaking the word of God. Well, okay, so you did it one day, then the next day you went back to negative, doubt, curses. It takes, it takes more consistency than that. You know, if the doctor gives you a prescription for, you know, amoxicillin, whatever, you know, an antibiotic, like, you gotta take it like it says to take it. And someone, I, you know, people say, let's well, do I took one pill, another changed." like, yeah, it's going to take a little bit. you got, you got to keep taking it and doing it consistently. That's when you start to receive the healing. That's when you start to see the results. And so we're going to bring it all in tonight. Pastor Josh, come on up. But if you want to see some huge victories, if you want to be a person of faith, it's going to take consistency. And I mean doing the basics day after day even when you don't feel like it. Amen. All right, I better shut up. I'm going to keep going. Let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. Praise God. Did anybody receive anything from God's Word? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to have my prayer team come on up this evening. Praise the Lord. Amen. Pastor Josh is going to lead us in some worship here as we begin to close things out tonight. But if you're here and you need prayer for anything this evening, we would love to see the Lord work in your life, man. We want to be uh, in the good fight of faith with you. And so if you need prayer, come on up. We will lead you uh, in a prayer here and then we'll close things out. Amen. So, Pastor Josh, go ahead.
2: When I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. Never stop working You never stop, you never stop working Even when I don't see it you're looking and even when I don't feel it you're working You never stop, you never stop working You never stop, you never stop working Stop working. I we'll never Stop I we'll never Stop working. And even when I don't See it, You're Working and Even when I don't Feel it, You're Working I we'll never Stop You we'll never Stop Working I we'll never Stop I we'll never Stop Working I really Make a Miracle Work I honestly Light in The darkness God, that is who you. Are. working you never stop never stop working
0: Robert could use a few good men to help them set up some tables for the Friday night uh, women's meeting, and so uh, you know, you know who you are. You're strong. You're good-looking men. You can go do this, all right? Go set up a few tables, all right? And uh, tomorrow night, ladies, will be beauty in the Bible, all right, with Billy and Megan and some of the ladies. So uh, go check that out. We're excited about that Friday night women's meeting. Sunday is Super Church Day. It's going to be wonderful. I, okay, alright. It's, it's good. It's, it's fine, it's fine. Okay, let's pray so we can get out of here. Alright. <laughs> Father in Jesus name we thank you Lord for what we've seen in your word tonight and Lord we know it's true and we know that we can also uh, have a, a life like Daniel, like Shadrach Meshach and Abednego Lord where no matter what we're serving you no matter what we're seeing you do great things in our life and so Lord I pray that we would get a hold of this word tonight and we would plant it in our hearts Lord and that we we would be stable, we wouldn't quit when it's hard we wouldn't just get bored of i doing the same thing, Lord, but that you in Jesus' name are strengthening us. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Can we say amen? Amen, all right. Let's do our Barstow. Faith confession. Let's go. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we'll see you this weekend.
2: There's a grace when the heart is undefined